Howdy. Hello. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Just had some dinner. Going for some wine and Ooh. some bread after post-dinner. Some communion. Post-dinner communion, I guess. You're listening to Ketchup Cast, the podcast where, believe it or not, we do not discuss condiments. Got out for a good ski today, which I haven't done in uh, a long time, and it felt really I good. Say, you've been talking about skiing in a while. Yeah. Well, I haven't had my own setup. I had my own setup at school because it was free. Well, I mean, tuition, but it was free Part on top of, of tuition. Yeah. And um, really nice setup of skis, and it was great. And I could ski out my back door uh, for 50Ks of groomed trail, and it was awesome. But... Uh, I don't have that here, and today I just bought a ski setup and um, and got out to uh, to the trail that I usually run on when it's not covered in snow or snowshoe on when it is. But today I went for a ski, and it was great. Um, Wonderful. And my body feels very familiar with that. It's like riding a bike, you know. I'm glad you were able to do that. I didn't go skiing. I just got back from a walk though a little bit ago. Oh, that's uh, which was nice. There's a bunch of like side streets off of the street I live on that I've never explored for whatever reason, uh, but decided I might as well, even though it's freezing out and snowy and icy, might as well go out and explore anyway. I've been cooped yeah. up for too long. So, Find anything good? Uh, there's some cool looking houses. There's no sidewalk. There's no sidewalk anywhere near me for some reason. Have I talked about this before? There's like... No. There's two really busy streets near me that have sidewalk, but besides that, every single road is like this offshoot, dead end, like cul-de-sac, rich people neighborhood, and there's no sidewalks anywhere. So it's all like street walking, but not like in a street. I'm not a street walker. I just walk in the street. Um, <laughs> street walker. Uh and if there is a sidewalk, it sometimes it'll like just jump back and forth across the street, so it'll just stop in the middle of a block, so you have to cross to get the other half of the sidewalk, which has just started on the other side of the road in the middle of the block. It's very bizarre. That is weird. Well, I mean, it's also winter time too, because like, maybe uh, people don't uh, always shovel their sidewalk, and to get to the good sidewalk, you got to cross the street for a block and a half, and then cross, cross over to the other side, where the people do shovel their, dry, shovel their sidewalk. It's such a hassle. Or so you can just walk on the pavement and um, Which is what I not have to doing. worry about it. Until a plow comes by and you have to sort of like dive into the side of this, like the weird grassy area, I don't know what it's called, next to the curb to avoid the plow running you over. Yeah. Lots of adventures out there. You have a nice time skiing? What was the... Because I got hit kind of hard with the, the big storm that everyone's talking about. What's, what's Wisconsin looking like? Well, we... Got, well, last week at work, we got a bunch of snow at the beginning of the week, and uh, it was crazy. And then the temperatures dropped. And that was really the last big snow that we got was about a week ago. And um, about a week ago, and then uh, the temperatures have dropped, and yesterday morning, it was negative 18 degrees. Uh without wind chill. Oh god. Um and it stayed in the negatives until probably this morning sometime. Um so it's been really wicked cold. We've got this arctic air that's just come down and uh just just 
blasted us. Um, but as far as snowpack goes, we have a good six to eight inches of solid snowpack that's not melting because it's been so cold mm -hmm. and is really hardening because it's been that cold. So it makes really good skiing and really good snowshoeing. Um, good winter sports all around when it's not that cold out that you're uh, you're just going to freeze to death. So that's what it's like. I don't know. How much snow do you guys have on the ground? We have probably about that too, and it's it's been sticking. It's, been, it's probably for the past two weeks maybe we've had snow that's stuck, which is the first time that's happened because it's been – I don't think it's gotten above 25 degrees in like a month. Uh, which is, which is fine. I don't mind the cold that much. It's easy to bundle up and I go on walks on my lunch breaks every day. I think I've talked about that. It's sort of like a, a meditation kind of thing, just something to, to get moving and not really thinking about stuff. And it's been cold. I've had to like bundle up immensely just to go on my half hour little walk. And then I come back and I'm, you know, dressed like I've been out for hours, but it's really been half an hour, and the kids all make fun of me because I'm wearing a scarf. Apparently, that's funny to the kids. Is scarves are funny now? Apparently, I missed the memo, but uh -huh. if you ever wear one, it's it's silly and dumb. So now you know. I mean, buffs are really where it's at. See, buffs are where it's at. I didn't. Speaking of of you know face coverings in the winter, I didn't realize how wonderful it was to just be able to pull something up over my face. But like, I keep my mask around my chin if I'm out for a walk, and I pass them when I pull it up. And those times when I pull it up, oh my goodness. It is delightful how much warmer my face gets. Your nose is so warm. Although, you do run into the glasses issue. Well, that's glasses been an issue are, are hands a down huge with pain masks. in the cold, yeah. Yeah. And now just in general day-to-day -day, trying to walk through the grocery store, reading my grocery list and fogging up my glasses with every breath. But at least that fog doesn't instantly freeze on yeah. contact oh, absolutely. with absolutely. cold glass when it's negative 10 degrees out. And you have to literally put your thumb on there to melt like defrosters in the car like my glasses need need ice def defrosters little heated glass elements on them to keep the the condensation from freezing to them I, i'm this shocked is something i've not legitimately like, looked up and thought of investing in are there uh, people who are, are there like kickstarters and stuff with people who are doing this could you be like a ground floor investor no, unfortunately, nobody has uh, has decided to get on get in on it. So there's an open market there. We could we could make it happen. Well, maybe this is a good time to announce. I recently discovered on Anchor, which is the service that hosts our podcast. Thank you. I don't know if we ever thanked them, but thank you, Anchor. Uh, there's an option to add a link for your listeners to send money and support you, sort of like a Patreon kind of thing. So I've added that. So listeners, if you want to invest in this glasses heater idea. Uh, you could consider being a, a patron and maybe donating $5 a month. And with that, your help and, and your monetary compensation, we could invent this and send you all glasses heaters for your faces. So now's your chance. Just don't short uh, short stock us. Just don't right. uh, whatever that's called where a bunch of people get on Reddit and like, yo, we're going to Yeah, I don't know anything about stocks. We're not GameStop. And um, send it skyrocketing to plummet the I, I don't know how that works but I, somebody lost on that game yeah i that was one of the types of things in the news where i've just decided i'm not gonna understand it i'm not gonna put like it's not worth my time to put the effort into knowing every term and like stocks are beyond me and i've just accepted that and i think i'm a bigger person for it uh <laughs> but if you would like to invest listeners go to anchor.fm slash ethan hyphen mcatee 
slash support. It's a bad URL, and I should fix that. Um, but yeah, if you want to get in on, on the ground floor of... We're not GameStop, but we, we could be as big as they became. You can also hit me up on Venmo. Yeah, if you, we'll drop our Venmos in the description if you just want to <laughs> pay for coffee or something sometime. Or take money. Well, no, don't do that. You can take Ethan's money. <laughs> you can take Isaac's money. I need my. Well, I guess we both need our money. We're both. Take Ethan's pay. money and put it into my monies. This is, is that how Venmo works? Can it go both ways? Well, they could. They could take my money and then they'd have my money and then they could give it to you. So yeah, they could. That it. You can. You can request and you can pay. Uh, and it always stresses me out if I'm like requesting money. Like, what if I accidentally hit pay and now I've just like done the reverse of your ruined my bank account. I requested. There was a meme going around where you, you can, like, type in someone's email address into Venmo, even if they don't have a Venmo account, and it'll send, Venmo will send them an email and be like, hey, join Venmo, give this person money. Uh, and so I, I emailed uh, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell uh, through Venmo and asked him for $2,000, and I, like, had a panic attack about what if I'd accidentally hit pay instead of request for the $2,000 that I was hoping to get or hoping to Do you bug. think somebody did that? Oh, I did. I mean, I did at least, and I'm sure there's other people who did it. No, I mean, do you think somebody hit pay instead of request? Statistically, at least one person must have, right? And if Mitch McConnell doesn't have a Venmo, what happens? Oh, Does shit. Does Venmo I don't write know. him a check? I Does don't he know. get that money eventually? Maybe it sends him an email and it's like, hey, Chuck Schumer requested or paid you $2,000. Sign up for Venmo to get this money. That's my yeah, guess. That's probably, how, that's probably how it goes. Which means the money has to be stored somewhere in the interim. So maybe they have like a money server. This is getting into like cryptocurrency now. And does Venmo, do you like put in your banking information and it actually does it? That's how I do it. There's other ways to do it where like you have like a Venmo card and you just pay for like it's a, all your money goes to that card through Venmo and you can use that card like a credit card kind of. I find it easier just to go through my bank account because that's what I primarily spend money from. Interesting. So if I get hacked on Venmo, I'm fucked. But if I, you know, it's convenient, which is the more important thing. <laughs> Convenience over hackability. What a 21st century problem. <laughs> How did we get here? Um, you know, your glasses thing. That's your right. glasses investment. Yeah. See, when I go outside and that happens in my glasses, I just take them off and put them in a pocket. I found that to be... There's no, there's no, there's nothing I need to read if I'm out on a walk. <laughs> I can see shapes. Stop I, know sign. What, I know what a stop sign looks like. I can make it. Everything's a little bit fuzzy, <laughs> but that's all right. Yeah, that's true. I can, I can get by without my glasses fairly okay. Um, yeah. True, true. But it is important. But then as soon as you step inside and you want your glasses. Well, yeah, then it's. Then they're going to instantly fog up unless they've been in your pocket. And, yeah, it, it just be- becomes this whole pain for sure. Did you ever have, speaking of glasses, did you ever have transition lenses on your glasses? No. So I did because I thought that was a cool idea in middle school slash early high school. Like, oh, I'll step outside and my glasses will just become sunglasses and then I'm no problem. Uh, it turns out they were a disaster and, like, uncool to the extreme. But it was fun while they lasted. But... The, the issue with them was, and this I faced this all the time, was I would go out and, like, hang out outside or be shooting something outside, probably Rider's Legacy at that point, or, or college tours. This was an issue. College tours were a nightmare with this. So if I was outside, they'd be dark sunglasses, and they'd take a couple minutes to revert back to regular glasses when you went inside a building. Right. So you'd be outside, and I'll use, I'll use the college tour as, as the example we'll continue with. 
you know, walking around the quad and checking out all the academic buildings from the outside, but then you walk into a dorm building and you can't see a thing because your glasses are all dark, so I'd have to take them off so I could like see where things were, but then everything would be fuzzy and then I'd have to go back outside and put my glasses on, but by the time I went outside, they'd already, they'd reverted back to glasses form and then it, it was just an endless cycle. So you can't win with glasses is sort of what, what I guess I'm getting at. Yeah, I mean, I've got the terrible... Uh... 90s dad drugstore <laughs> clip-on sunglasses. Oh, you want to see what uh, I have? I've got them right here. Yeah. They're, uh, they're built to go over your glasses. The over-glasses. And they have over these, little, these little windows in the side, so you put them on, right? And you've got, wow. you can see your peripheral. I, I look like Edna Mode when I wear you them. Look, yeah. Um, but I can see my peripheral vision, no problem. So. That is pretty wild. No, I'm not quite that. that you just clip nerdy. on though. That might be more nerdy. I like the ones that that flip up. Oh, those My are cool. My dad had those for a while, yeah. and then you flip them down, and they flip them up, and they like stay there. That's kind of cool. Uh, you don't see those anymore. I can't imagine living normal life with those on all the time, but like, you go inside and you like feel really cool, and you flip up your uh, your sunglasses. And then you walk out and you just and no just problem. click. Yeah. Like a secret agent that feels very like James Bond. For sure. Just, for sure. And you can see, you can see, like it laser scans the building or something. <laughs> X-ray vision. Yeah. But because it's a James Bond film, it's used in some creepy way, probably. Because that is... Really? Have you, have you watched the James Bond films? Yeah. I kind of like them. them. Uh, maybe not. I don't know if I've seen the newest one. Have I, I don't know if I've gone into this on the podcast or even with you. I watched all of them in quarantine. That was oh, yeah? one of my activities. Because they were all on Hulu. I think I must have talked about this. Uh, they were all on Hulu and Amazon, but only for one month for some reason. I didn't really? realize it was only for one. So I was watching like one or two a week, just like casually. Because they're all kind of the exact same movie, so it's hard to like consume a lot of them because you just get this sort of repetitious boredom from them. Uh, and then right. the, the last week of the month, they were up. There was a warning, like, leaving in one week, watch before it's gone or something. And I had something like 15 films left in the series oh my God. to watch. So I watched, I think, 12 in three days or four days Dang. at a certain point. I wouldn't recommend it because they <laughs> are all the exact same movie. Uh, and they do get really boring after a while. You can watch... Well, I'm only talking about the new ones. The Daniel Oh, the, Craig ones. the new ones are great. The new ones are spectacular. Uh, oh, okay, there we go. The old ones, especially with Sean Connery, and this is a controversial thing because he's the OG Bond and everyone, you know, lauds him for that. He's a great actor and, and rest in peace and everything. But he's so, like, creepy to every single woman he meets in every single film that he's in. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of how it be. I mean, that's the that's the the Bond character in the 70s. Well, exactly. And- and 80s just and his like, age, that's, you know. it's aged very very poorly but that's why so I imagine if he had x-ray glasses there'd be a scene where he'd flip him down in the movie right like he's out pretending to be a tourist and he flips sunglasses down to check out fucking Spectre's HQ they're the bad guy organization and there's like one woman in the whole movie and he just happens to see her in her underwear with these glasses and they make a big deal out of it that's the scene on the kitchen so if anyone wants to hire me to make a Bond film uh, I'm available but the new Bond films are great. I, I really uh, oh, because they've like form. they've revamped them. They've 21st century ties him. Yeah. And I think yeah. it, I think it's it's worked wonderfully. And Daniel Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig is incredible in the role. 
I don't know who they're going to cast after him because there's no way they're going to not make more James Bond movies. Every single one. Is didn't they? Cash uh, cow. Didn't they talk about? Um, who's an African American? Idris Elba. He's the yeah. name that gets thrown along. I think and, he'd be and spectacular folks, in the role. Folks were all up in arms of like, that's not. Uh, that's not the Bond that I grew up with. That's not the. Well, there's some uh, debate about the Bond character whether it's all the same person or if it's like a mantle that gets passed down from agent to agent. Like, it's a code name? Right, is it canon or is it not? Right. You know, like, is it the same? Yeah. Is Roger Moore playing the same person as Sean Connery? Or is Roger Moore the next agent who's been given the 007 moniker? This is a lot of James Bond talk. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't mean to launch I mean, us into this. But it's it's an interesting, because there's been talk of, like, a, a woman playing the role, too. And on a, show, on a show like Doctor Who, for example, where they... they uh, change the gender of the main character. That works, right? Because the character is the space alien who can change their form at whenever they want and and live forever. So like that, they can explain that away. But when you get into James Bond, it gets a little more complicated because if it is the same person, then it, the gender is a, you have to explain a little bit more. But it's some if it's a moniker, if it's a code name, why not have a woman? Right. It'd be like if if uh, you know Han Solo was played by somebody different, mm-hmm. right? Like, is it? Yeah, can it be? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's different. I don't know. But the, yeah, can your imagination stretch that far? Or yeah, what's canon? What's not? Yeah, it's really complicated. I don't know. I don't take it that seriously. I don't either. They're spy movies and they're fun. That's that's really all I yeah. need out of them. There's there's some explosions. There's some gadgets. There's some funny quips. Cool. I'm in. Hundred percent. Yeah. Of course, this most recent one, the No Time to Die, his last, Daniel Craig's last Bond film, it's like kind of destroyed movie theaters. Have you heard about this? No, I haven't. I, no. So it was supposed to come out last April, um, and then COVID okay. obviously postponed it. So then they postponed it to last November, uh, and movie theaters obviously took a big hit, and they're continuing to take big hits due to shutdowns and stuff. Uh, and they postponed it again, I think, I think it was supposed to be March this year, but I'm pretty sure they postponed it again. Uh, but when they postponed it to March in in the fall, Regal or the Cinemax, who owns Regal, they shut down all their theaters because they just like that was th- they were sort of hoping for James Bond to come in and and like be the money cow that they need. But as soon as they postponed it, they just couldn't hold out any longer. So Regal is done. Regal's closed its doors. Wow. Which is not that funny of a story. It's just wild. Do you think movie theaters are going to come back? I don't know, dude. I think they will in some form, but I don't think they're ever going to be as big as they were. I think they're on the downward now. The The thing though is that like there's a different experience going out to see a movie at a movie theater or a premiere. Premieres on on Netflix and on Hulu and all the all these streaming services are never as cool or no. never as like fun cuz it's not like an event, you know. You're sitting on your same couch. You're eating your same crappy microwavable popcorn. It doesn't feel like as big of a thing when you're like, all right, at 7 p.m. I'm going to turn on Netflix and and this new thing is going to be there. Uh, where a premiere feels different when you go to it in person. Oh, yeah. I remember all like the, the midnight screenings of films I used to go to and how like the energy in there was so electric. Like Everyone was excited and everyone reacted to things together. You don't get that sitting on your couch. Yeah, there's a community there. There's yeah. like legitimately a community vibe when you go to a, a theater and everybody at the same moment goes, oh, and everybody at the same moment is crying and everybody at the same moment is like, 
getting up from their seats and thinking about the movie. Like, that is important, and you don't get that just sitting on your couch. But I think for a lot of people, they've learned that that's something easy that they can cut out of their lives and save some money, you know? Which, I mean, totally fair to them. I I miss it. I miss going to movies. I keep getting these, like, Facebook reminders, like, hey, a year ago today you were at this movie theater watching this movie with your friends. It's like, oh, thanks, Aww. Facebook. Thanks for reminding me that's not an experience I'm going to have for a while. I have not had for a while. Can't you do, like, private rent movie theaters now? You can, but it's really expensive, I think. I haven't checked it out, but I would assume it's, it's pricey. I know the movie theater in our hometown uh, offered that before the pandemic. Like, you could have, like, a birthday right. party there, and, and they'd rent out the theater, and it was a couple hundred dollars for one of those events. So I imagine it's probably similar with, you know, like an AMC or something. Because I could see that being a big thing, you know. Yeah, but still, there's something nice about, like, sitting in a room with a bunch of strangers and sharing experience like that. True. I remember the night I went to see the last Avengers movie. Uh, it was pretty packed, and there's this scene. You don't care if I spoil it, do you? This movie's, like, three years old. There's a scene where Captain America, pick, America picks up Thor's hammer, and he's the only other person who's been able to pick it up because the only, he's the only other person who's worthy of lifting this hammer. And, like, the the ripple of, like, gasps and, like, excited noises that, that came through this audience was incredible. And there's videos of, like, the world premiere where people are, like, are shouting and cheering. And it's just, it's so cool. I mean, you don't even know these people, but you share this experience together. Yeah. You know, you're sort of united in this this one moment. There's a lot of meaning in that. That's uh, That's pretty cool. I, I think that will come back, but more so for events like that mm-hmm. than for the usual humdrum movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, movie theaters are going to have to bank on things like that than they are on just the average movie that's coming out. Which is a shame week. because those, those small movies, sort of the theatrical release is a big deal for them. Disney's always going to put out their movies, but you're right. I mean, I think Disney's where the money is and movie theaters are going to bank on that. No pun intended. Do you remember the last film you saw in theaters? The last film? Wow, it's been a long time. Yeah. Dang. Like, it's been even longer for me. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've went to a movie. Wow. That is so hard. Uh, honestly, it was probably high school. No way. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. The closest movie theater to the town I went to college that's fair, was that's fair. an hour drive away, dude. Like, like that's, that's what, the point. what about like on on breaks or something? Did you ever go to a movie on a break while you're home? Maybe. Uh, that's what I'm trying to think of. It was definitely at home. It was definitely in in the theater that you're talking about. It was the last one I last movie I saw. It was the um, same theater for me too. It's a, such a nice theater. It's oh, listeners. Great, it's a yeah. like a it's a one screen family owned local movie theater, uh, and it's it's just immensely charming, uh, and it's the like big not, marquee out front. Like and you great. can you can rent the marquee if you want. I know they put up like funny jokes throughout the first stage of the pandemic with like movie titles, but pandemicized. I don't like the, I don't like the verb I just created. Pandemicized. Pandemicized. I don't like that. Uh. If you can't think of it, that's all right. I didn't mean to put you on the I spot. really can't. Like, I genuinely cannot think of the last movie that I went to a theater to see. Crazy. That's going to take some digging. I don't know. But, uh, wow. What was what was it for you? It was it was the last Star Wars movie, which is a shame because that movie was really bad and I hated it. Maybe um, that was it for me, too. 
but it was it was or not not right, not the Christmas the second, 2019 was the, the was second to last out. one, not the, the last one. So that was. So I still haven't seen that one. Twenty don't. It's a bad movie and and genuinely just boring and. If you like it, that's fine, listeners. It's just boring. Uh, 2017, then, probably for you, because that was when the one before it came out, The Last Jedi. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that was it. That's a much better movie than the one I saw, so hey, you had a better, better last movie than I did. But it's just wild, because I used to go... There wasn't a movie theater in the town where I attended college, but there was one 15 minutes away, and... I used to go with friends all the time. I remember once on like a Tuesday, I was just really stressed out and I texted a friend, hey, you want to go see this this super, superhero movie? Like, I don't give a shit about it, but I'd love to just not do homework for a night and go watch a movie. And we did. Like, I used to love doing stuff like that. And the fact that it's been over a year now, it's just bizarre to me. I know. It was crazy. I, I didn't think I would go... This is... Uh, let me think. Close to almost a year since the last time I went cross-country skiing. Like maybe uh maybe like eleven months or ten months since I went cross country skiing last, um so it felt really good to get back on that, which is like my version of your version mm-hmm. of uh seeing a movie in a movie theater, I think um and so yeah, it's weird to come back to it and to feel it again and to be like, oh yeah, and, and it's hard not to get transported back to the place that you did it last and mm-hmm. back to that mindset um. So, I don't know, that's, I, I kind of get what you're thinking of, like, wow, it's been so long, yet it feels so familiar. It feels so familiar. And, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 a wild ride, the way you miss things that have gone away in your life because of this. But then as soon as you redo them, it's like, boom, you're there again. I totally get it. That's how I feel whenever I, like, whenever I'd go back to camp after a year of being away. Mm. Because you have such, like, an intense feeling associated with like skiing it's a physical thing it's you know, you've got a certain environment that you do it in so when you're in that environment again it's very, i'm sure it feels very familiar instantly and camps the same way like i the ground feels the same and the view has not changed at all and it's just sort of like an instant like you're back and you remember it all have you ever been to your camp in the winter no i the week i my goal was to see it in the snow like from the get-go and the week after i left this past October, it snowed, which is really rude. Well, that was weird because you were there super late. But I went back to the camp that I worked at for many summers for the first time in winter, last winter, this time last year. They were hosting a, a, a winter thing. They do it every year, but I, I was always doing something for it or, or heading home or whatever. But I had some time, and I went to it, and it was so cool but weird at the same time because the land looks somewhat familiar but it's all covered in snow and it's the same people that you're hanging out with but those are your summer people and now there's snow on the ground so you can't like you know uh but it, it was awesome to see them and be like whoa this is so cool um and i i feel like it just gave me so much more uh understanding of the landscape when you see it in two different seasons um, non-congruent like when you don't see that change happen and you go from the last time I was standing at this point it was 70 degrees in summer and now it's 10 degrees in winter and I haven't touched it since then it, it, it's pretty wild I they, they offer like cabin rentals in the winter and my boss told me I could probably rent one for free if I cleaned it so maybe that's something I should have done but it's just been hard with work to like find 
that free time enough to like travel, spend time there and come back. So maybe, maybe in March I'll see what I can do. Cause I, do, I would like to see the mountain in winter. I've seen the mountain in summer and fall now. I've not seen it in winter, but it was cool to watch cause I've never been up there long enough to like watch the seasons change, but to sort of watch fall come and like it, it started really small. You drive down the road and there'd be like one red leaf up on this tree. Or, or some of the trees were a little barer than they used to be. And then you looked at the mountain and slowly like this, this wave of red and orange was like washing across the mountain. And then just one day it was all beautiful colors. And then the next day everything was gone because it rained really hard and knocked things off the, the trees, which is a shame. But it's, it's cool to do. And I'm, I'm very grateful I had that opportunity. Yeah, dude. All right, what else you want to talk about? You sent me a list of stuff. I did. Did you have a list also? What was on your list? Uh, my list was just sort of vague conversation ideas. <laughs> Not a very specific one. No. Well, um, last episode we talked about thrift stores. We did. And my love for thrift stores. And um, I think this week was my best thrift store find yet. Okay. This is going to be like a, a reoccurring segment on the podcast. I'm into it. We don't have enough segments. We just sort of go with the flow, which is great. But I think we had segments that would really <laughs> spice it up. The thrift store segment. Um, what did Isaac find at the thrift store this week? And this week... so. You knew me before I was a vest wearer, before yes. I wore vests. You were, you were in the now, long shirts before, like flannel shirts. That was your thing for a long time. But now I've added the vest on top of the flannel shirt, a wool vest made by C.C. Filson Co. of Seattle, Washington. Uh, that is my uniform. Flannel shirt, wool vest, uh, some sort of outdoor pant hiking boots every day and, and it's easy to wake up in the morning put any number of combinations of those on and be ready to go so i have i the first vest that i got i ordered from filson full price it was expensive but i knew i was going to wear it every day and i was going to love it and it was going to last me a lifetime well maybe not a lifetime it's lasted me six years Yes, six years. It's a pretty good, pretty good lifespan. And it's doing great. It'll last me another ten years probably. But it's uh, it's shown its wear. I've worn it every day. You know, I've taken it on field semesters. I've taken it to to hard shifts in the woods at work. And I've it's got holes in it from axes and from fires and from you know just carrying a pack on the top of it. It's it's a mighty thing. But uh, at school, somebody else had found one at a thrift store or, or borrowed from somebody else or something. They had come across one. And I saw them wear it one day, and I said, hey, that's a mighty vest you got there. I, I like mine very much. And they said, well, I'm thinking of getting rid of it. Like, I, uh, I'd sell it for the right price. And I said, well, what's the right price? Because I want it. <laughs> and I uh, traded them a wool coat for the wool vest, which seems like volume-wise not a fair trade, but I already had another wool coat, and I know I was going to wear that vest every day, so it goes great. Now I've got two, a formal one that has a collar and looks nice, and I wear with dress shirts and going out to dinner, great. And then my work one, and the work one gets hammered, and I, you know, but that's the original that I bought full price. The other hammered? one I traded Is it old for. Enough? Oh, um. No, but uh, this week, 
at the thrift store at Goodwill, I found another one for eight dollars. How much? How much was your your fresh one you got on the website? Over a Benjamin Franklin. So eight dollars is like the best possible deal you're gonna find on this thing. Right? Is it Benjamin Franklin on that? He is. Yeah. Yes, Benjamin Franklin. I think. Is that Benjamin Franklin? Yes. Sure. We'll go with that. Whatever. If I'm wrong, it's fine. Um. So eight dollars, in a size that that fits that is it's, like good it's dusty it's meant to be and i was like oh my gosh this is insane uh and chances are the next person that would come across that on the rack would know what it is know its value and buy it up right away so like i have no idea when it got there but i had to be like one of the first few people to come across it and literally i stopped what i was doing and said this has to happen right now made a beeline for the register paid the cash and like walked out the door and was like, there's nothing else I could find in this thrift store that would be better than this. This had to happen right now. Um, so it's great. And I've been wearing it all week and it's awesome and warm and, uh, has the pockets in the right place. It just, you put it on and I know exactly what it is. It has already been part of my wardrobe for six years, worn every single day. And now it's just like here again. It's almost new. It's like it's it's not that old, and you can tell it hasn't had a whole lot of wear to it, um, and it's great. And maybe that's like a unique thing that not a lot of people would be like, ah, a wool vest. I don't really need that. But for me, it's like part of my uniform, you know. So that was a huge, huge find at the thrift store this week. I I gotta go thrifting. I love the thought of just like browsing and seeing what I can find. It's just there's nowhere nearby, is the issue. <laughs> I have I'm to sure walk there everywhere. Is. Not in walking distance. Yeah, that makes sense. I live near a Target. Like that's that's the sort of <laughs> vibe that my area has. Yeah. I'm gonna Google it right now. I'm gonna Google where the nearest thrift store is, and I'll tell you. So that was like the holy grail of of things, um, and very specific to me, and uh, just like great in every way. And uh, I think I'm gonna keep. So I've got one for formal occasions, one for work. And now I've got one for every day at home when I'm not working, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's great. It's just like, uh, you know, adding a new friend that you're already very well acquainted with to your your wardrobe. So there's a thrift store about a half-hour bike ride from me. Well, there you go. So maybe once it gets a little bit warmer. That sounds like a good plan. Do you go thrifting every week? Is that sort of one of your... Scheduled activities yeah. that you do? Yeah. Yeah, probably like, well, I mean, once every other week when I'm at work, you know, so it's like every two weeks, yeah. And by the by the two weeks, by the time I come in again, a lot of things are different and it feels fresh. If you go like more than once in a week, you're like, all right, Not 99% of the yeah. stuff I've seen is the same. Um, So about every two weeks is a good cycle. You talk about your uniform. I don't know that I have one, strictly speaking. Used to be t-shirt no. and jeans. That was sort of the Ethan McAtee classic back in the Yeah, but that's everybody's classic. That's everybody. But I've sort of I've moved on to like a t-shirt with like something over it, but uh-huh. not something that closes. Like either a flannel shirt that I leave unbuttoned or like a hoodie that zips up that I leave unzipped. What you are describing is cold weather. That's what people wear when it gets a bit chilly out. 
I will discover my uniform someday. This is this is the quest I'm starting on, and I'm committing myself right now on our podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna find my uniform. I think it's a very important thing. I think not only is it like outwardly facing style and good to have an image, but it's also good for your own self to be like consistency in your life and one less decision you have to make and to feel like every day you're putting on your armor you're putting on your super suit and you're like this these are the clothes i feel confident in these are clothes that are functional for me i'm gonna put this on and i'm gonna feel great i got really into quarter zips for a while like not hoodies but just like quarter zip jackets for a good while i enjoyed that i don't know I'll work on it. There you go. I wear this. I I wear the same thing at work every day. I have to wear something with a Y logo on it, so I just wear a staff T-shirt every day. It's not. I don't have a whole lot of say in the matter. That's true. But when you get off of work, what do you put on to feel good? Pajamas, dude. Well, yeah. I I can only wear pajamas for like until ten o'clock, and then I'm like, all right, I need to put on some real people clothes. They just make me feel lazy and gross i'm on break dude i'm gonna be lazy and gross i mean pajamas are good like sure if i'm sleeping in and making breakfast fine pajamas but like at some point you gotta leave the house it's 20 degrees in a pandemic no you don't <laughs> yeah not to go for a walk i i should go for more walks i guess I, I do ch- i put on like sweatpants and a nicer shirt if i go for a walk i'm not gonna put on jeans just to like go for a walk really depends on how long the walk is if i'm walking in like to a coffee shop or something, I'll dress up. But if I'm just going, like, around the block or, like, in, in one of the little neighborhoods... I don't know, man. It's negative 10 degrees out today. I had to put on uh, three pairs of pants just to make it out the door. It's, like, 15 degrees when I went on my walk. <laughs> I layered. I had, like, a sweatshirt and, like, a flannel on underneath my uh, my coat. I'm all about layering. Layering is good. If I get too warm, I can take one off. But better to be warm than cold. Exactly. Better to be uh, hot and bothered than cold and frigid. That's what I always say. You, you know, that's my, that's my senior <laughs> quote. <laughs> yeah. So that's been that's been the the event of my week. Well, I'm glad that you were able to do that. My, have I done anything eventful this week? I got over a rutting hump. I've been trying to sort of struggle my way over for a while. Yeah, how's it going? It's going. I I still I'm. I think I talked last time. There's these two chapters that are really giving me uh, a lot of trouble, but. There's a scene in the beginning of one of the chapters that I've I can see in my head so clearly, but trying to write it has just been like next to impossible. And I finally got through it yesterday. I just sort of forced myself to work through the imposter syndrome and work through whatever I was stressing myself out about. And I finished it. And I feel like now that I've gotten over that hump, things are coming a little bit easier. So for whatever reason, this this hill that I've been pushing this rock up since I think before the pandemic, this has been a scene I've just hardcore but not good at uh i finally got the rock up and over instead of having it crumble down every time i try to write it uh so that's been what i've been up to this week i did a little bit of writing yesterday i did a little bit of writing today um yeah so that's been that's great dude yeah i've been keeping up my writing streak uh got a lot of good writing in this week at work um since we're in a i was living in a cabin instead of in my tent since it was so cold and that means uh, it's a little more comfortable to write at night and to uh, to get your fingers moving to do that. So 
did some good writing at work and then kind of kept that drive going when I got home. And uh, I've been writing a lot more in the journal uh, this week, so that's been good. Sweet. Yeah. Do you ever type up your stuff that you write? No. I tried that a couple times. And the thing is, like, I... I don't know. Typing a journal, I know for a lot of people, works very well. And is maybe the 21st century version of of what a journal should be. But when I live an outdoor lifestyle and when I live in the woods for a week, I, I don't want to break that just to take a device out to journal with. And when journaling is such like a personal thing, there's something really connective about handwriting it. It's you on yeah. the page. There's, there's no middleman. It's your words from your hand. Exactly. And, uh, it's, it's an item to carry with you. It has like physical weight to it where a phone is the same phone you carry with you every time in your pocket. And your computer is the same computer you do work on and the same thing you watch Netflix on. And it's just like so abstract, but the journal is it. That's what it is. It's a physical object that is the only thing it is. And that is And you can flip important. through it and it's all, all your thoughts. I've got, here, I'll show you. Got mine right here, and it's there's something really cool about like flipping through it and seeing like these are my words and these are only my words. There's nothing else. If I'm with these words, there's no distractions. There's no ads. Although it has some downsides. Sometimes when you're in a canoe and it flips over, your journal will get wet. Yeah, and sometimes, uh, you know, it can be less secure than uh than a locked computer file or something but that's why you gotta get one of those like mid-2000s book catalog like locking journals <laughs> yeah yeah you get from like the, the scholastic one. book fair oh yeah because then no one can get in you got a really really flimsy plastic like latch over it <laughs> it's indestructible of course um anyways uh yeah it, it's it's important for me that it's in a physical copy that's how i when i when i started writing my book it was all handwritten and part of that was because i was writing it in class instead of doing classwork uh <laughs> back in eighth grade when i started it but there's something like for a first draft i like to be able to just write my thoughts down and, and have them sort of flow out of me and then when i type it up i can make edits as i type but to have that first draft be handwritten is really helpful i do the same thing with films i handwrite the plot of a film first before i write the script ever yeah it's just more organic. For sure. And for me, that that breeds more meditation, too. Like, mm-hmm. it looking at a screen just isn't as meditative as looking at a piece of paper and calming your body down to form the letters with your hand. Like, that... When you look at a screen and you type, you just can't be be as physically calm in your body as you can when you're writing by hand. There's yeah, something got, about that. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Although pens don't really work. I mean, batteries will freeze at cold temperatures too, but pens don't really work when it's that cold out either. So, like, it has its downsides. Um, anyways. What kind of pen do you like to use? We're getting, like, real niche stuff here, but... Uh, that's the thing I'm not super into. I'm not really into the snobby... Uh, quill pens and fine leather bound devices i'm more into the like 
uh, dollar store spiral bound one subject notebook that you can find literally anywhere and that's important because what I'm writing in there is trash I can't forget that <laughs> but what I'm writing in there is literally trash and that's important because it's really uh, it should be the lowest bar of entry to get into the writing so it doesn't matter that I don't have my fancy five dollar pen or my you know spiral or my leather bound engraved beautiful notebook that I'm so afraid to write in because I don't want to mess it up because the outside is so beautiful but what I write on the inside is going to be trash so why not just buy the cheapest notebook I can find that's a dollar everywhere in the world uh, and just write in that with a pen that you know is only okay I like the G2 pens I was going to say my, I, my G2 right here 7, uh, seven millimeter nib that's my preferred yeah but those are like you know, seventy-five cents a piece. That's not too bad. But they you know? they write so nice. They're cheap, but they, they write really, nice. I haven't found a pen that I like as much of them. They're pretty flowy. All right, and that's like the about as snobby as I get when it comes to my pens. That's about as posh as I'm I'm willing to be, because what I'm writing is trash. <laughs> it's good trash, but it's trash. It's trash. My dad has gotten me, and my my friend Thales got me one too, but a, like a fountain pen. With like an ink cartridge, you have to change out and like <laughs> have to write very specifically, and and they're beautiful pens. They they, and I, I they're wonderful gifts. I'm never gonna use them. I don't know if I'm like signing a formal document or something. Maybe right. If I'm gonna, like, I, if I'm putting my John Hancock on something, I'm gonna, you know, break out the fountain pen. But or if I'm writing somebody a fancy letter. Right. But even that, I'm gonna write first in a crappy pen and sketch it out, and then write it really fancy someday i'll make the switch i like the thought of being a fountain pen guy one thing that i want to pick your dad's brain about this is leading into another thing on my list is uh the last time i was at your house i saw that on the counter there was an espresso machine mm-hmm. i know your dad has gotten really into coffee and espresso uh recently or in the past several years and uh so have I. Not to the point that I'm going to invest in a expensive coffee machine that's going to sit on my table. Uh, but enough that I bought a the backpacking version of that. <laughs> I'm excited to have this discussion. <laughs> Which is called the AeroPress. AeroPress, yeah. Have you? Do you know of this? Oh, I've I've had AeroPress coffee. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad has. When one, was you? So he does. Yeah, we we uh, we went out. My parents own this this camper out in in the woods. It used to be my grandparents, and my parents bought it. I've talked about it before. I went and hid there for a couple of days uh, last summer. But we we went out to clean or something. We brought the AeroPress out there because he'd never used it. He was so excited to use it, but he only wanted to use it in the woods. <laughs> so we took it out there and we we made coffee. It's been my daily driver for a week now. Yeah. Um, and the first experience I had with it was on field semester and my buddy picked up one probably at a goodwill or somewhere i forget and we're making espresso shots in the campground and getting so buzzed to do our homework and after not drinking coffee for like 80 days and then all of a sudden we're taking like three espresso shots 80 days yeah yeah i I went on a on those trips i go i go sober Um, by choice yeah there's coffee available like they're not depriving you of coffee yeah, I mean, I could do 
You can do instant coffee or tea bag coffee, which is but what you I choose. do. Okay, I respect that. I could not tell you the last time I went a day without coffee, so I mad props to you. I mean, now I'm pretty solid and in, into it for like a year. But, um, anyways, on on that trip, and then taking three espresso shots of an Arab yeah. press, and you're like, holy cow. Um, so that was my first ex- first experience with it, and then uh, at work, I drink coffee in the backcountry a lot, and one of my buddies who I work with, one of my coworkers, he had an AeroPress and made really awesome coffee in the morning. Even though our job is stressful, he like set aside the time to make the AeroPress coffee and was like, you're having a, you had a rough day yesterday. Here's some AeroPress coffee this morning. I was like, dang, this is so good. And I like fell down the YouTube coffee rabbit hole and was like, There's I think a I big want one. one of these. Yeah. My dad has, my dad took me down the rabbit hole with him. He's like, Ethan, you got to watch this. And we, we watched like a million videos. It's a wild <laughs> rabbit hole to fall down. Yeah. So, uh, so that's been my, like, my, um, I don't know, my learning experience or my, like, uh, in-house adventure has been learning how to brew coffee with the AeroPress. And, um, you got so many different methods and different, you know, formulas and, and, um, but it's, it's turned out really nice. I'm excited to, uh, to go on this adventure with it. I think that's that's wonderful. It does. It makes good coffee. I don't. I'd have to like sit down and drink like different cups of coffee made different ways to really taste the difference. I don't know that I could pinpoint exactly what what makes AeroPress so good. It tastes good. I mean, yeah. I make I make drip coffee every morning, like most people do. In like a V60 or in like oh no, like like a, a just a like coffee a your maker traditional coffee. coffee maker. I pour the grounds on top, put the water, and it drips down into the pot below. Which yeah. I mean, and it's it's a pretty basic model. You've seen my dad's like chemistry lab coffee maker that we have, with, like <laughs> all the glass tubes and stuff. So you can go, you know, as as big as you want. People get really into pour over pour over coffee too. Right. Uh, right. I I have not gotten into that as much. I find it to be kind of messy. Uh, True. Because like just with the with the wet grounds, but you know, there's certainly merit in in being able to control how long the water is on your coffee. And. And being able to make people don't know this, but you can make three cups of coffee out of an AeroPress. Can you really? We made two, I think. You can do three. You can, yeah. You can make three cups of coffee out of the AeroPress, yeah. That's because like what you're day's... making is an espresso. Right. Like you're making an espresso shot. Unless you're using regular beans, then it's just coffee, obviously, just stronger coffee. Right. But you can dilute it to make an American black cup of coffee, and you can make up to three shots of espresso out of an AeroPress and then dilute that three times and you made a, a, uh, you know, three cups of American coffee. So I've been doing that instead of, instead of doing espresso shots, which I feel like would be a bit much, uh, I've been doing, uh, making my coffee in the AeroPress and it's been great. I love me espresso. I used to back in college cause it was so easy to swing by the, uh, the coffee shop before the class or if I was bored, I'd take a walk to the coffee shop. I used to have like three or four cappuccinos a day. That was my go-to. I think each one of those had, because I would get the large. I was the only person on campus I discovered who ordered a large cappuccino because um, they knew it was me. So I drank three or four of those a day, and they had three shots of espresso in each one. So I was Holy drinking cow. like nine to 12 shots of espresso daily for my entire college career. Um, I don't, I haven't had a shot. I haven't had any espresso drink in probably over a month now just because mm. – I don't have an espresso maker here, and I don't go out for coffee that often unless I go stop by Starbucks on my way from Target or something. So I've yeah. exclusively had black coffee for months now, 
It's wild. And I think the thing is, too, it's actually, like, cut down on my coffee intake. Because either I make a full pot of coffee and drink it throughout the day, and that's, like, four or five cups. I don't know what my coffee maker makes. Or I make it one cup at a time in the AeroPress, or two cups at a time in the AeroPress, and I, like, you know, only do three cups of coffee. Right. I only do four Easy. cups of coffee. And, like, that limits me a little bit. Um, but they're a lot better. <laughs> yeah, I've been averaging about half a pot of coffee a day, which is about three and a half cups from my coffee maker anyway, which is, I think, probably the average for most people, maybe slightly True. more. But my sister, she has an espresso machine, which is sort of like pod espresso shots. Oh, okay. Uh, and she like just a bought Keurig a, or like the... Like a Keurig, the... but it's for espresso specifically versus Keurig huh. just being your generic coffee. I had a Keurig in college. It was fine. I, uh, I had a, like, a reusable Keurig cup, so instead of using the plastic ones, I'd fill it up with coffee grounds. It was great. The coffee was fine, but actually every single cup of coffee I made from there, despite the grounds, tasted exactly the same. So I think the Keurig process, it just... Consistency. Consistency. Not great consistency, but it's consistent. Anyway, so my sister has two Nespresso machines now, and so she's sending me her old one at some point. I haven't ironed out the details, but when that gets here... My plan is to get, like, really into making espresso drinks, like lattes and cappuccinos and stuff. Ooh, there you go. Uh, and and see if I can master that. So you're getting really into AeroPress. I'm going to get really into, like, latte art. No, we'll, so like, we'll open up a... Uh, uh... We can start our own coffee shop. Yeah. But this, this also folds into my master plan of being able to uh, make really good food and stuff in the backcountry. Now, the... And being able to, like, guide clients and be like, okay, you're going to wake up in the morning and it's going to be an amazing cup of coffee coming at you because you I know how to make a really good cup of coffee in the AeroPress and it's this big and I can throw it in my backpack. Um, so that's, like, you know, a future planning a little bit of, like, hmm, if I can make a really good cup of coffee for myself, you know, in the backcountry with a cook stove and an AeroPress, like, it's going to be great. Well, next time you and I go camping together someday – I am looking forward to the coffee. We're talking there you big go. game right now. <laughs> yeah, it's an important factor. Really. Oh, it absolutely is. I started every day of of summer camp with coffee, and and I don't know that I would have made it without it. So. So yeah, this I mean this AeroPress is is it's a learning curve, but not too steep. I first thought like ah, uh, that's too much faff to work for a cup of coffee. I'm just gonna stick to the instant coffee, but like, or, or you know, in the backcountry, for my job, I think. I'll still stick with that. But on personal trips, it's really not that that difficult, you know. And it's, you know, a little bit more work for ultimately a really excellent payoff. So I think it's absolutely for sure. worth it. My dad didn't experiment. At least I was not present for his experiments enough to have, like, a perfect cup of coffee from it yet. But maybe in these months since we've done it, he's he's really perfected it. <laughs> My dad... I, we, I don't know if we've touched this much in the podcast. My dad is a crazy coffee man. I'm a little bit of a crazy coffee man in that, like, I have very specific preferences. But he, like, every time I go away for an extended period of time, it seems like he gets a new coffee maker. Whether that's, yeah. like, a, a pour-over cup or, or a cure not a Keurig, but, like, a, a espresso maker or just the, the newest fancy, like, Dr. Evil's drip coffee machine. And it's crazy because it seems so complex and unnecessarily so. I can't... I feel like I'm pretty good at, like, figuring machines out. His newest coffee maker, it took me, like, three days to figure out how it actually works. <laughs> and it literally... It, it was the same... You put grounds in a little thing, and the water goes through it, and you put the pot below. So it's a drip, but, like, it was set up so bizarrely. 
Hmm. Some people go crazy. And then, like, an espresso machine, you're, like, adding pressure and very hot water and, like, in a... Yeah. Those kind of scare me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they like, explode or shoot hot steam at you. And people something. do it. It's like, you go to a coffee shop and they do it so fast. Like, they just with different cups, like, press down the stuff and it's, boom, you're... you're and they'll draw, like, a maple leaf. It's yeah. Like I would have I cried four times between now and, and getting this coffee. <laughs> so thank you for putting in the hard work for me. It's just muscle memory. Yeah. I, that's true. With anything, it is. You ever you ever made latte art? You ever have any interest in doing that? No. I'm very impressed I, by I, I like my coffee black. That's true. I like my coffee. I, lo- I don't like drinking black espresso, but I, I like my just plain coffee black. Mm. Mm-hmm. Although I do espresso shots. I once... There was a woman who worked in the coffee shop at, at school, and we got pretty close because I ordered so much coffee from her and would just sit and, and have conversations with, with her while, while she made it. But she made extra espresso one day, and she sort of looked around and said, all right, here's a shot on the house. And <laughs> me, forgetting that espresso is a hot drink, downed it like I would a shot of like alcohol, and my whole throat like burned. In, like Not in the alcohol way, but like the, the, there was hot espresso down my throat. I guess what when you do amateur. a shot of like liquor, I know I should be knocking back like nobody's trouble. But it was really nice of her for the, the free coffee. I got, I drank a lot of coffee. <laughs> and to the point like I said I was the only person on campus to order it. I they put in the order for my because you ordered it at like a separate counter and then the thing would print back where the coffee was made. It was sort of a weird okay. system. So they'd put in your order and then it, the ticket would print out with what you ordered. And she put in my large large cappuccino, and from the other side of the wall. After the ticket printed, her nose. That's for Ethan, right? Because I was literally the only person on campus who who would order a large cappuccino because I'm a crazy person, apparently. I don't know. You live yeah, to tell a tale, so it can't be that. So crazy. that's the important thing. What's the most coffee you've had in one day? Most coffee I've had in one day? Yeah. Uh, probably like five cups, but it's less that. It's more the mate. The mate has more caffeine, and you really? like drink it. Yeah, and you like drink it all day. Like that. That's more caffeine than the coffee. That I've consumed. I don't know what the equivalent would be in like cups, but it's definitely more than five, five doses of coffee for lack doses. of better term. Uh, mine I think is two pots, which is like twelve cups. Yeah, give or take. Ten cups. Yeah, that's a lot of cups. But it was, I, I was working on a film for like twenty four hours straight, so I needed the coffee. I just sort of kept, sure. kept pouring and making it. I. I made it with the intention of sharing with my classmates who are also editing films, but none of them drank it, so I just sort of kept drinking it. Yeah, one of the first things I one of the first things I I find is so important when you get a new job is how to make coffee at your job. I was so proud when I learned how to how to how to work the coffee maker at work, and I was like, this is my thing now. As soon as I get into work every morning, I'm gonna make a cup of coffee. This is this is when I work at the the office or whatever, right. not not in the woods, but like, like, that's that's a priority that is uh, can be your niche and can be your gift to the office of like you know. I know thing. I'm gonna enjoy the first couple of cups, and uh, everybody else around me is gonna thank me when I go in and, and make that coffee. We don't have one of those at the Y, unfortunately. No. So everyone brings their own. I think because of COVID, they don't want like a communal coffee thing. Yeah, that makes sense. I think they have like in in the before times they'd have just like a coffee bar out for the members to use when they wanted it and the staff could probably use it too, but that's 
no longer a thing, which is very sad because I drink all my coffee by my lunch break and I don't have the chance to go get more. Uh, so I spend the rest of the day sort of keeping myself awake best I can, but usually I crash by about 5 p.m. Well, I think your body will eventually get used to it. I hope so. I only had two cups today this morning, and I'm doing all right. But I also worked there a lot less hard today than I have than I do at work. So, I yeah, know. we've hit an hour. We don't have to obviously we don't have to stop. We always go longer than an hour. But I'm just giving you a heads up of where we're at time wise. That might be everything on my list, to be honest with you. Uh, do I have anything on? at my list i sent you like two got things. the aeropress i got the best thrift store find we talked a bit about the cold i mentioned I did we talk about snow? i guess we talked about snow a little bit in terms of with the cold yeah uh, yeah well you're off this week right i am off this week so i'm i'm chilling i uh, got a little bit of a break from work um and got my cross-country skis and uh looking to do some fun stuff and get out there um, since the weather's going to warm up a little bit this next week, I might get out for a camping trip on my own, on my Sweet. personal time. Do some AeroPress. Do some AeroPress in the backcountry. The, the, the thing, though, that the, the limiting factor is in this big snowstorm at the beginning of the week, uh, I lost my little pot, my little personal cooking deba- oh, no. de- uh, metal container that I eat out of and cook out of and stuff. Um, it was hanging off the back of my backpack, and then it fell out, and then it got covered in a foot of snow, and to be That's gone so until sad. spring. So um, had to find something else to eat with, and you know, carve a little spoon to eat with for the week. Um, but now I don't have another cooking. That's my 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 pot to cook with when I'm out on trips. Right. So I have another one on order, and it should be here soon. It's not an expensive thing. It's not a huge deal. It's more of a disappointment that I lost a friend that has gone on so many trips with me so once that gets here i think i'm going to be going to be in the woods again sweet for now the cross-country skis are are going to be a good uh good thing yeah i'm hopeful it's supposed to warm up by the end of the week here so i'm thinking maybe i'll i'll go for a hike like i've said before there's not a whole lot of places super nearby that are good hiking spots there's a little park 10 minutes away but it's pretty public and full of people walking their dogs so it's hard to like get remote and sort of like get in the the zone uh, there's a couple places like an hour's walk away, which is not super bad, but to walk there an hour, then go for a hike and walk an hour back is kind of a lot, um, for like a day trip, but I'll figure it out. Once the spring comes, there's a lot of places that I could bike to. That's sort of what I'm waiting for. Cause there's tons and tons of parks and like public greens and stuff that I'd love to just check out, but they're all a little too far away to walk to. Especially with the whole sidewalk thing. I don't like walking in the street for a super long time. But we'll see what happens. I'm going to get some writing done. My goal is to finish one chapter by the end of the week, uh, which I think I'll be able to do. Yeah, so I think you got that. Hanging out. That sounds great, dude. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, good luck with uh, – hope your pot comes in soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listeners, as always, please feel free and feel obligated to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Um, I'm going to plug this because I just started it up yesterday. Um, we have a Twitter account and an email account now. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at KetchupCast, but ketchup is spelled like the food. Uh, I tried to get us KetchupCast like the podcast KetchupCast, but whoever had that account before us got suspended and they did not release the, uh, the name. Yikes. Uh, so you can follow us on Twitter at ketchup, the vegetable, not the vegetable, the condiment 
uh, KetchupCast. Uh, you can send us emails. So if you have any questions or discussion topics you want us to address or you don't like our opinions on coffee or you have a strong feeling about AeroPress, you can email us at nocondiments at gmail.com. Uh, ketchupcast at gmail.com in any form was not available. Uh, so that was why that happened. So Twitter at ketchupcast spelled like the condiment and email us at nocondiments at gmail.com. Uh, Sweet. And yeah, that's going to do it for uh, episode 38. Thank you so much for listening. Stay warm, stay safe, uh, wear a mask, get vaccinated if you can, all that good stuff. Any last words, Isaac? Peace. Peace. Don't know. All right. That, yeah. <laughs> all right. See you listening.